Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. If you don't know by now, my name is Tony. And I'm Manny. And we got a great episode today. Uh, before we get into that, Manny, how are you doing today? Uh, exhausted. Exhausted. I mean, this heat is just killer. Yeah, what you know, all the fires are blocking off the sun, so it helps cool off. No. <laughs> that does not make it better. True, true, true. Yeah, it's, it, it was a pretty bad weekend, too. It really was, honestly. This heat was just killer, honestly. Did you stay inside all weekend? Uh, did some mechanic work in the heat, and I did have to work a little bit here and there for the nursery business, but it was it was manageable. Okay, that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. All How right. about you? I was in the sun all weekend long. Lies. You're probably just chilling <laughs> in your AC home all day. No, no. Remember, we had the uh, I had that event, the Battle at the Ranches for the uh, charity. Oh, the virtual event. So you, where you stayed home. No, it was not virtual. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll talk about it a little bit later in the episode. It, yeah. was, a, it was a good time, but man, was it hot. Yeah. I really, bet. really hot, man. <laughs> it is Cali. Yeah. Well, and we're literally on fire right now. Mm-hmm. I know uh, I woke up to a bunch of ash on my car. Yeah, there was ash at our place, too. Yeah. All because of a gender reveal. Yes, yes. That is, that's what lit it on fire, right? Yes, a fireworks for a gender reveal. Oh, man. What did they do it for? The gram. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk shit to family now if they ever do a gender reveal party. Well, that's why you stick to burnouts. But then you have a broken diff. Ooh. <laughs> Manny's throwing a little bit of backward shade, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a gender reveal at my house once for um for a family member of mine. He decided to bring out Nel Camino to do it in uh Yeah, broken diff. <laughs> so we'll convince you to do a burnout anyways. It's all right. Don't man. worry, with, ha- right. with Honda's help, GM should fix it. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's a pretty good segue into our first topic, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we heard this uh, this collaboration going on with GM and Honda. Collaboration or merger? It is not a merger. I know I saw a ton of posts online of everybody saying it's a merger. Yeah, I saw a lot of Honda boys just like f- like frantically crying about like thinking it's a merger and everything, that it's going to be the end of the Honda era, <laughs> and that we're going to have the Camaro Type R. It's okay. Everybody <laughs> needs to settle down. It is not a merger. But the um, Camaro Type R. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have a boy with a mullet running down the street going, VTEC. I mean, I think we'll see those a lot <laughs> in different states. Probably. <laughs> but no, so GM and Honda has collaborated on many different things. Not full-blown cars, but many parts and um, devices in the past before. Yeah. Going back like 20 years. Mm-hmm. At least, you know. So this time they're actually going to collaborate so far for what we know, you know, not everything's all settled out yet. They're going to collaborate on two electric vehicles. Yeah. Now, whether those are going to be small cars, sedans, SUVs or what have you is is still yet to be said, but it's going to be two vehicles. Mm-hmm. GM is going to re- be responsible for the drivetrain. So I'm assuming because they've been developing the Volt for so long and GM has been doing a hard push towards EV. Um, I believe they quoted that they wanted to do about 20 different models within the next four years. Really? Yeah. 20? 20 different models going EV. So current models are brand new. They didn't get into uh, specifics. Okay. 
but they're doing a hard push into EV. Now, if we do know something about Honda is that they've never really traveled. They do what you do what you're good at and you'll always be successful. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's what Honda's always done. They've done what they're good at. They're not really into like investing into brand new stuff. They invest into what they're good at and perfect it. Yeah. That's why they have such great platforms right now. So they're going to let GM handle the electric. Honda's going to be in charge of interior, exterior design. And they're going to engineer the platform to Honda's model. Because obviously, if you drive around a Mal- a newer Malibu or an Impala, you know, they're sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> GM doesn't make great, you know, smaller cars. Didn't they discontinue the Impala? Yes, they did. Right. They're going to model after all of Honda's drivability, basically. But with new platforms, correct? These are going to be new platforms, yes. Okay. So I'm wondering, like, you know, obviously, if you look at what each company is strong at, Honda is very strong with sedans. Mm-hmm. Do they want to let slip a lot of their engineering, you know, platform tech to GM for sedans? Because then that might give them some competition, you know? Yeah. At the same point, you know, Honda's tried to make little crossovers, SUVs, and even their little truck, you know? Mm -hmm. But GM is obviously very successful making their trucks. Yeah. And they don't want competition. They don't want Honda to start building good trucks. (laughs) I don't think they have ever. Who? Honda. Well, no, they haven't. That's what I mean. The As far as big trucks, it's been the big three that's been dominating this whole time. I mean, that Honda Ridgeline is just garbage, honestly. It, yeah, it's a pretzel toy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, So as much as GM wouldn't want Honda's competition in trucks if they started getting some of the, some of the know-how from GM, yeah. Honda doesn't want GM to have some of that know-how in sedans, right? Yeah. So it's it's interesting. I'm thinking maybe it's going to end up being some kind of like crossover. Because right now, those are like the hot commodity right now out here. Toyota and BMW. Everybody, everybody. GM, Ford, Honda, everybody's making crossovers right now. And then you got the rammed eco diesel truck now too with an mm-hmm. Italian diesel engine. Yep. Which I think is unreliable, honestly, but whatever. Yeah. That's my speculation on it. I think it's going to end up being a crossover. Just because that's kind of what's selling right now. Yeah. But who knows? I guess that's all the information we have right now, but it is not a merger. <laughs> I mean, all these companies are always trying to like make a name for themselves and stuff. And they still are, regardless if they're how big they are, because they just want to be the top dog. But at the same time, they see themselves like they really can't succeed in certain areas. So that's my idea of why they're doing like alliances like this. Just to, like get like a, how would, how would you say? have like another company like elevate their weaknesses yes but a lot of it too is sharing costs on development Mm. so when they have to r&d these out they have to engineer them they have to test them they have to produce you know produce a couple of them see if they work you know what i mean and that's why like that's really expensive yeah that's why i remember how like audi bmw and i think it was mercedes the big three in Europe, they had like that alliance just like make like self-driving technology to compete with Google. Yeah. Another big benefit from it is that, yeah, they can share a lot of the expenses to developing the vehicles. Mm. So it it takes away less risk factor, but still a good profit margin at the yeah. end. You know what I mean? 
So that's probably another thing that actually really helps him a lot. Nice, nice. But, you know, we'll see. It looks like uh, EVs coming at us, whether we like it or not. It, I'm, honestly, it's really interesting with the stuff we've see, been seeing so far. It It's interesting, but... Except for the Jeep. <laughs> Still not with it, right? No. <laughs> 31 miles on electric motor? That's garbage. Well, but see, that's technically still hybrid, though, right? It's not innovation, though. Well, no, we're talking about EV. <laughs> so if we're talking about EV, we're just talking about strictly electric. I know, I know. Um, as far as, like, really, really bad EV cars, I'd probably have to go to the Leaf. Uh, that was a really, really bad That EV really car. was bad, honestly. <laughs> it was super small, and I think it had the most ridiculously small range, too, right? Yeah. Uh, such disappointment. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even a good looking car, honestly, either. No, it wasn't. I don't, I don't, that's kind of weird. Like, every the first introductions to EV and hybrids, they were just ugly ass cars. That's what I hate because now people think they're hot shit and Prius is driving around. <laughs> I don't think anybody thinks that. I, uh, I'd beg to differ. Oh, geez. No, that's terrible. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways. Like I said, it looks like EVs coming at us, whether we like it or not. Um, I am really hard pressed to see how fast it's going to happen. I'm still on the rope on whether I want to buy one anytime soon. I mean, well, I I just bought a new one, so or well, a new car, so I'm not going to be on the market for a while at least. Well, the thing that keeps us like entertained though is the performance that we've been seeing these past few weeks too. Yep, absolutely. We'll get into another story with that later, but. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll keep an eye out and see what they have coming out of us for these two new platforms they're going to produce. Yeah. And we'll see see if I called it right with a crossover. Right? Yeah. Down to see it, honestly. Yeah. All right, Manny, you had something written up on the board for you? Uh, yeah. So another thing that just keeps coming back and hitting us hard, honestly, uh, just updates on COVID situation, honestly. More businesses failing and everything. More COVID news. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like in one of our previous episodes, we talked about Studio Arms, the anime industry uh, studio that went bankrupt. I mean, granted, they were already doing financially bad in the past few years, but COVID just took... Yeah, just, they were on their way. It was pretty much the last nail in the coffin for them and everything. And again, they're more famous for like Ikatosin, Queen's Blade, Valkyrie uh, anime, and Elfenlight. A lot of those were like like big name etchy animes and stuff that everybody was like always into back when they first started into anime. Honestly, a lot of people that I knew when I first got into anime, they were all about the etchy series and stuff. I actually enjoyed some of the etchy series, but it didn't like it. It wasn't my preference like wholeheartedly. Honestly, there was just so many other great animes when I first started and everything. I mean, granted, when it came to anime, I didn't start until actually watching like to embrace myself as an actual anime fan when i got into college because i can say that most people that start when they start watching anime it was first introduced with like toonami if you remember oh yeah yeah toonami adult swim yeah they introduced uh, anime to everybody but nobody really embraced it like how we embrace it now if you get what i'm saying yeah that's true no it's been growing over the last Mm -hmm. six years seven years or so it's been blowing up i remember i checked out an anime club back in college and like the first question they asked me was like, oh, what's your favorite anime? My favorite is Queen's Blade. I was like, oh, it's one of these guys. <laughs> it's like all about the etchy series, honestly. Yeah, it gets to be a little bit much, but 
I mean, if that's kind of the gateway to get some true enthusiasts, then I guess. Yeah, another studio that is going bankrupt. It's actually another studio that's like does uh, etchy series and everything. Tier Studio. I think one of the most famous works they've done is Why Are You Here, Teacher. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know what like it's about and everything. Uh, but the fact that it looks like a lot of the people just like left, like it just disappeared. So it's it's weird. And like anime studios, uh, there's like so many small time anime studios, and they're being contracted by the big production studios that help make these uh, animes that we watch and stuff. Yeah, so, they're subcontracting them out. Yeah, pretty much. And but low wage for the anime industry uh, in the industry staff and everything. So. They gotta unionize. <laughs> it's it's a weird situation. So, um, another one is actually apparently a figure maker, Aquamarine and Easy Eight, but uh, Eight Go Bust. No pun intended, because I guess a lot of the stuff they do is like uh, s- uh, fan service figures and everything. Okay. Um, but I think I do own a few Aquamarine figures. I have to check honestly. I have all the boxes in storage, so I don't even know. <laughs> I know for granted though, mo- the I would say like about 95% of all the figures I own are legit, not knockoffs. Okay. So I it sometimes I sometimes don't remember like what brands they are or who who made them basically. <laughs> another another business that was affected by COVID and this one actually hits home to me since I've already been to Japan. I visited this place. I had an immense like I had fun just going to this place. It's located in Akihabara. It's the Sega Arcade second location if I'm correct. Okay. So this Sega uh, Sega Arcade in Akihabara, they have like a few locations and everything. So this would be number two. And I remember I visited this location, had fun in it. I regret spending all the money I went in, uh, when I went in there and left. Because <laughs> when you play those arcade games, especially the crane games for the prizes, they pull you in thinking that you can win. And you just keep putting money in, money, 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 money. And next, you know, like, fuck, I need food, but no money. <laughs> But yeah, since like the whole COVID situation, less people are out going to do social gatherings, going out yep. to places where like there's so much interaction and like close body contact, especially at arcades. It did hit them, hit them honestly. Okay, yeah, I mean it's gonna hit a lot of everybody, hit everybody for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, they just like had like a like a little gathering outside of the arcade late at night. Like as a it was like a farewell gathering, all the staff like bowing to the public and stuff, mm. and thanking them for supporting them for all those years and everything. So when I get the chance to go to Japan again, it's gonna be like it's not gonna feel the same, honestly, for me, because I I I I loved Akihabara when I went, so and I, vi- I loved visiting all the places and everything. So just seeing it gone is gonna be different, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully there's a bounce back and something similar, or maybe something else takes over it that's mm-hmm. gonna be good, you know. Hopefully, hopefully, as long as they have financial backing so they can actually keep going, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, with everybody that's been locked down, shut down, passports denied everywhere right now. Well, passports only denied for Americans. For us, that's what I mean. But I mean, (laughs) in general, I mean, I think now once everything starts returning back to normal, I think everybody's going to have that itch to start doing stuff. Mm-hmm, Tourism's going to shoot up because everybody's going to be like, oh, I missed my vacation last year. I got to go now, you know? Well, the majority of the world's going to be getting back on track. It's just us that we're falling behind. Yeah, but it's not like we're going to be behind forever. 
Positive thoughts, Manny. Stop. <laughs> We're going to change this whole... Every time you do a segment now, you're just going to be like, all right, Manny, bring us down. <laughs> Manny's downer segment. Yeah. Uh, another one is the Dojin industry. So many t- famous like famous companies or like small-time co- publishing companies, bookwork companies are like being hit. Uh, Dojin companies like for... Uh, fan art uh, conventions where they sell their dojin art or fan art and stuff so there's no conventions being able to go around and you have all these dojin artists how they can't sell their work that much in like in person honestly i mean you can put that stuff online but it doesn't catch the attention as where like hundreds and thousands of people go to conventions like comic Cat and everything where they can publicize their works people will look at it they get interested they they write a review on it they shout it out they advertise it and stuff recommend it to other people and stuff. So the Dojin industry did definitely take a hit on this with the COVID situation. Yeah. And I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it with the mo- just the standard manga industry as well. Uh, again, when we talked about this many times in previous episodes, regional anime conventions as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's any, any event period, really. Yeah. And I think there's just more and more conventions now just saying they're just... No, so... Uh, we're gonna have to see how next year starts. Um, it looks like Anime Impulse might be still uh, on I, their on their toes to see if they're still gonna go through with it. Honestly, um, I'd be happy to see it survive if we do get better at this situation with the COVID, because it was a really it's it's honestly it's a really fun convention. Yeah, Impulse is the one that they do at the uh, Ontario Convention Center. Oh, Anime LA. Oh, that was ALA. You're yeah, right. ALA. That was ALA. That's yeah. right. I hope that one doesn't go. <laughs> They're in the same month, so who knows, honestly. Yeah. So we'll have to see. And now you have like all these conventions now doing virtual. Not not every convention, because some of them don't have the technological support or financial support to do stuff like that. Yeah, but, and it's not even worth it in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like I would I don't bother with it. Yeah. And pretty much that's the update right now for COVID situation. If anybody wants to look more you can look it up and stuff. Um, there's, I've seen quite a few articles. You can just search up uh, what COVID has affected in the anime industry and everything. Well, thanks for bringing us down, Manny. <laughs> I do my part. I do my part. Oh, geez. Well, <laughs> I mean, that sucks, but that's kind of what uh, 2020 has been all about, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, if, uh, if you guys ever want to see companies thrive or at least try to help keep anybody afloat make sure that you guys aren't going to well i, I mean i guess they shut down the kiss anime websites and stuff but i even i never cared about that site anyway yeah no i'm just saying support what you want to survive you know yes. what i mean if you want something to survive you got to support it local businesses everything honestly. exactly your favorite restaurant that's a little mom and pop shop your bars you know what i mean if they're doing something try to support where you can just just be safe about it, though, as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, be safe about it. But if they're out there, they're trying to survive, help them survive. Definitely, oh, definitely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on from this depressing shit, Manny. <laughs> to be continued. All right. <laughs> What's up next? So you, it looks like you talk about a snake. Oh, my God. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serving No, no, no. Okay, so I wanted to talk about the Cobra Jet. Oh. So. Is that um, a new species of snakes? No, no, no. I'm going to get a little boo nerd for a second. (laughs) (laughs) So the Cobra Jet was first introduced in 2008. Mm -hmm. And they kind of have sporadic runs of them, and they only produce about 50 per year that they actually produce them. 
And these are not street legal cars. Mm-hmm. These are meant, they're sold by Ford Performance, straight from the factory, ready for the drag strip. Okay. NHRA, everything. Um, so they started out in 2000, uh, 2008, very mildish, honestly, but it was about a 400 horsepower NA car. Mm-hmm. But this Mustang actually only weighed like 3,300 pounds. Oh, light shit. for a Mustang. Yeah, that is <laughs> Especially light. one of those yeah. in that generation Mustang. <laughs> so they kind of started off with there. They got a little bit wilder, obviously, as the, you know, those that dramatic horsepower bump from 2010 to 2011, you know. Yeah. And they were pushing out nine-second cars. Okay. All the time. Now, let's fast forward into today. Ford Performance debuted today the Cobra Jet 1400. 1400 when did they debut it uh last thursday last thursday okay does that 1400 sound familiar no or maki oh really so this is all electric cobra jet oh shit okay so they did a public debut at the nhra u.s nationals mm-hmm. and they ran it in public real time real conditions and they managed to pull off an 8.27 seconds, quarter mile. Quarter mile. Quarter mile, oh, not shit. an eighth. This is quarter mile. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Trap speed, 168 miles an hour. Damn. Yeah. Just, just, leave, just leave the one and make it 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, I am kind of I kind of love and hate that EV keeps popping into our segments. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, <laughs> that is fucking fast. Yeah, mind you, the previous Cobra Jet was still an eight-second car. Mm-hmm. I believe 2018 was it, and it was like a high eight-second car. It was like eight point nine. So this is already dropping down into low eights. This is uh, that's pretty wild, man. Yeah. Um, I guess in perspective, there is also the E Copo Camaro. So the Copo is kind of like Chevy's out-of-the-box drag car you can buy. I've never heard of it. No? No. Yeah, they have one out-of-the-box you can buy. Ah, But in 2018, they did the E, the electric one. Yeah. And they managed to pull into nine seconds. Okay. So now we have Ford responding on the Cobra Jet electric, Mm -hmm. running low eight seconds on the quarters. That's that's pretty wild, man. Yeah. (laughs) So we're we're getting to some really really sketchy sketchy situations now. Obviously, this isn't drag or isn't drag legal. It's not street legal. So when was the last time the Cobra Jet was introduced before they came out with this one? Two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. Yes. Also, like, do they have like a like a pattern when they release this stuff? Not not nothing that I kind of really saw. I mean, the very first one. I believe was an anniversary of the original Cobra Jet, Mm -hmm. you know, back in the, I believe it was 68 Mm -hmm. Cobra Jet. And I think this one was supposed to be like 50 years anniversary or 2018 was supposed to be 50 year anniversary or something. I haven't really noticed a a specific pattern to the year models in between. Okay. So I'm not sure if it's maybe just when they develop a new technology they want to throw at it for the next upgrade to this because it's very limited production. Mm -hmm. We're talking literally... 50 cars for the years they're produced. Okay. Oh, here we go. Guess the price tag on it. Uh, low low eight-second car. You don't have to do nothing to it. You just buy it and well, like, trailer it to the drag strip. 80000 Too low. Come on, it's Ford. <laughs> you, know, you know how they charge people? 
Uh, well, I don't have to agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, uh, you, you probably can't even get into a GT500 right now for 80. Uh, I want to say 200? Too high. Oh, shit. Okay. They're running in at about 130. Oh, okay. I was going to say 150. Yeah, that would have been close. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's up there, but I mean, for an eight-second car, if you're doing if you're doing drags and you're competing, probably not bad. Not bad. Obviously, actually. you can build cheaper, but... <laughs> <laughs> probably. You don't got that clout afterward. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought this was fucking crazy, man. Like, that's literally, like... You need a roll cage or getting kicked off the track, obviously. Definitely. After 10 seconds, you're getting kicked off, kicked off the track for that, you know? So when does a roll cage come into play when needed or required? I, I think most uh, most places are a little bit different with their rules. Mm-hmm. But I want to say if you're getting creeping into the 10-second mark, they're going to ask you for a roll cage. So it's like, But there's a lot of different rules to it, not just that for roll cages. Sometimes it's what modifications you have to the car. Okay. So... Mind you, I haven't been drag racing in so fucking long, but I want to say at Fontana, you cannot go there with a supercharged car or turboed car if you don't have a drive shaft safety loop mm-hmm. and a fire suit. Now, you don't need a drive shaft safety loop if your car came turboed or supercharged from the factory. Okay. So they do have different parameters if your car is modded versus factory. Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of different things to it. Obviously, it's all there for safety, but I know for sure there is a, a time cutoff where you need it. Obviously, I was never that fast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sparky's world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how that thing passed tech inspection with his intake falling off, but it's oh, Irwindale, and Irwindale's usually a little bit more laxed. That wasn't even Irwindale. Oh, that was Fontana. Was Fontana huh? yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I guess it was also a big show car event, too. So That is true. It wasn't like a competition, really. It was a face-off imports? Import face-off. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, IFO. Import face-offs. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, normally, at least from what I remember, they were pretty harsh on the tech inspection. Then again, I also had a fucking rusted out Fox body. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, this old car ain't, ain't going to do it no more. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. But yeah, just depending on what modifications you are, they do kind of change for that. Definitely, definitely. With standards, obviously, you got to have your helmet and blah, blah, blah. So what is uh, Ford's next plan? Or are they going to continue with the Cobra Jet? Or what's their next plan? Oh, I'm sure they're going to continue with it. I know, I know. But like, like continue, cons- like keep showing like showing something new with this recent new one coming out like more info or is it just this well they have a pretty good amount of info out it is putting down about 1500 horsepower okay um they showed a voltage and everything for it they do have their full specs out now finally mm-hmm. for it okay. so that's why they released price price and everything for it nice so it, it's it's there it's ready to be bought basically mm-hmm. and it seems like you know it didn't hiccup and it hit its mark and everything. But can any person buy it? You know, that's a good question. I am not sure. Because obviously that's not something anybody should be driving. <laughs> yeah, because you mentioned it's like it's completely not but these are legal. These are competition only cars, so I'm sure you do have to have some kind of competition license. Or just in, like be in the for, industry for it. Probably. Or be in the industry, yes. Because there's also like a Honda Performance Development. Mm-hmm. 
and you can't me as a regular citizen i can't just go and buy one mm-hmm. you actually have to be in the field in the organization mm-hmm. so it's probably limited like that okay same way so it's for industry you know what i mean mm-hmm. people in the industry are the ones that are going to buy it probably nice okay because unfortunately yeah we do get locked out of some good stuff like that because <laughs> <laughs> i was looking up radiators for the type r and uh Honda Performance makes one, but I guess you have to be like a member of their thing to be able to buy it. One of us. One of us. I wish. <laughs> I wish. I got to make sure I'm not overheating out there no more. <laughs> uh, don't Please don't talk about the heat, please. <laughs> you know, if you can talk about COVID everything and bring us down, I can talk about the heat. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Manny, let's get into, what do we have next? The review coming up? Oh, no, 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 no. So two big updates for anybody that's like super interested in the anime part right now. Don Machi just announced uh, for their season three. Season three is going to be coming out this year, actually. Oh, shit, okay. So in the next few weeks. Why do I feel like that was so fast already? The day before my birthday. Oh. So I am super excited, actually. <laughs> <laughs> October 2nd, it's going to debut. Uh, we're going to see the debut of season three for Don Machi. And we're going to see Belle again and Big Titty Lolly Hestia go at it again with their new big family or familia. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they grown so much, honestly, and a lot of these characters that just came into play for their fam- uh, familia in the series for season two. It just was overwhelmingly exciting for me, honestly, because I really love this anime. I love the series. Play the mobile game as well. Yeah, you always talk about the mobile game. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I have the movie too, which is a real tearjerker, honestly, when I watch it and when I rewatch 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 it. All right, hold on. I got, I got to cut you off right there. I got to cut you off right there. <laughs> so, yes, it's going to be part of the fall anime season. October 2nd, we're going to expect it to see it broadcasted, and I'm just really excited just to see how this is going to play out, especially with the cliffhanger of a character named Ween. I don't know how much, if I'm pronouncing it right, or Wine. I'm pretty sure I don't pronounce any of those right, so... Fuck it. It, it's w, W-I-E-N-E. Uh, yeah. So, it, with that cliffhanger in Season 2, we're going to see how she is important to the series, because... In the artwork for the announcement for season three, they showed Belle uh, injured and holding her, like if he's protecting her. So we'll have to see how this comes into play and stuff. Okay, so she's probably going to be a major arc. Probably. I would suspect it to be revolving toward around her and her race. Got it. And then for anybody that's, like, that's been waiting for it, uh, we have Shield Hero season two announced... Well. They came up with a trailer, but it was to most everybody, it was just more of a teaser. They didn't show anything for okay. season two. So Is there a date release for that or no? Just 2021. Okay. So if anybody's really interested in checking out the teaser, you can check it on Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll's website or maybe their IG page, Facebook page. You can check that out. But definitely, I'm really excited to see how this is going to turn out. I'm really hyped for it and everything. Nice. Sweet. Definitely. 
I'm a big fan of all the like adventuring animes. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to go back into gaming. <laughs> and, I, and I think I was the one who showed you the first episode for Shield Hero, right? Yes, yes. And like how I told you just to brace yourself for like the first episode because it was an hour long. Yeah, yeah. It was a big introduction to it. But no, it was great. It was great. It, regardless if it was just one hour, it it just caught you like immediately uh, as soon as you ended it. And you just wanted more especially. Yeah, no, it was great. That's really well written and mm-hmm. the storyline was awesome intriguing like and like i said every time i watch one of these like adventuring animes it makes you want to get back into like eso and start gaming again yeah definitely <laughs> i mean just the fact that you have like this main character that he thinks that he's gonna be playing a big part in the world but everybody just cast him aside so he just takes a dark route but at the same time he's fa- he's like trailing back to the light to the to the to the light basically yeah and they show good growth throughout it and everything like it's even it's though great. it did take a dark turn for him i think it was necessary for him because if you think about it in the series if they would have embraced he probably wouldn't have been as strong no i mean if you remember in one of the episodes when they fought glass the lady from the other world she even said that he was the most powerful out of the four heroes currently in that when that episode aired and everything yeah so he was the only one that actually had a chance of fighting her so I'm really excited to see it. Um, there is some things I've already learned here and there, so I'm not going to say much because I know it's just spoilers. And I, for this series, I'd rather not spoil much, but definitely excited for it. Cool. And that's pretty much it for the updates. Sweet. All right. And now we are going to get into the anime review. All right. Now we're in the anime review. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or we can if you want. No, no, let's do it. Let's, do it. Let's, <laughs> let's get this over with. <laughs> so for our review, uh, with a submission from one of our friends on IG, the series was called Onegai Teacher, or Onegai for English would be Please Teacher. Okay. Uh, so we have this anime. It was from... Yeah, uh, let's get the uh, Boo Nerd stuff on it. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you always say that? It's information. Dude. I know, I know. <laughs> So this series aired in 2002 in the begin for winter series season of anime in January. Um, following its air time and everything, they did publish it. So I kind of feel like this anime was just pitched by like a person, and they just made it anime, and then they just serialized it on paper. Okay, so this is actually anime first before manga. Yes. Okay, I was. Reason why I wanted you to get into the Boo Nerd because I was wanting to see if it was written as something else first and then produced, or yeah. So uh, the original the original air date for the first episode was January tenth, and it looks like the manga and the light novel didn't take place until like maybe a few weeks after it aired. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, with the manga, it finished in February, but the anime, since they do like. Every week episodes, it didn't end until March of the same year. So it was just basically your typical 12, uh, 12 episodes, just one season anime. Yeah, and I'm usually a really big fan of those. Yeah. Um, honestly, those are some of the really good ones. Just 12 episodes you really need. Some of them do feel rushed, but not uh, not all the time. Some of them are also really good ones where they actually give more in-depth or the 24-episode ones, which I enjoy a lot as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that really needed to get really in-depth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it was uh, it was made by Bondi. Uh, Bondi. Uh, Bondi, as you know, is a big-time company and everything. Bondi Channel. 
uh, in the Japanese uh, network. The English network is Animex. Uh, they air when okay. they air here. Yeah, they're huge. <laughs> Animex is really huge. Directed by Yosunori Ire and written by Yosuko Kurada. I don't know if I said it right, but... Close enough. That's, that's my best. <laughs> For the manga, though, it was written by Shizuru Hayashiya. So they had a different writer for the anime and the manga? Yeah. I mean, the the writer for, like, the, the script. Okay. The script. I okay, mean, okay. When it comes to, like, writing it on paper, I think that's just different, honestly. And they probably just contracted someone that wanted to do it. Yeah. Watch this episode make the story. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, again, the manga finished even before the anime finished, too, honestly. Okay. So it, like I said, it had a runtime from January 10th, 2002, to March 28th, in 2002. So, 12 episode, like always, and it was also, I think, it did have a sequel. A sequel. Um, I'm actually interested in checking it out later on. It's Please Twins, or for other people, it'd be Onagai Twins. Oh, I didn't know there was a sequel. Uh, it's like a spin-off sequel. Oh. So it's not directly us, like directly after it you let me know how that one goes okay Okay, so enough about me talking about it what about you well (laughs) you know i I finished it and i think if i were to do this one i probably would not watch this one again no 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 it was it was pretty fucking cringe to me I mean, it's your standard to like to early two thousands anime, so it's kind of expected. Yeah, but I mean, I almost wanted to do like a cliche counter <laughs> and like make it a drinking game. And every time there was a typical cliche that they did really badly, I was gonna take a drink. <laughs> I think the big, I mean, they still do this in almost every anime we see. Every in, they do, but no. it's better written. No, what I'm trying to say is like they do this in every single anime, which I. I've gotten to a point where I have like an utter hatred for it. A beach episode. Yep. 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 <laughs> I actually do not enjoy beach episodes. And I just, it, that's my biggest cringe almost in any anime when they feature a beach episode. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, the beach episode was actually pretty interesting, though. Uh, we did see some uh, character development, especially with uh, side characters, not the main characters and stuff. So it was pretty interesting. Um, it, again, or and continue on if you had anything else. Well, I mean, for me, it was just like I, I'm kind of more into some really well intricate story writing, mm-hmm. and to me, this one felt a little bit lazy. To be honest, I tried to make sure I kept the context of when it was written. Well, from like, and that it was only a twelve episode like yeah. short, but I, you know, I've seen other ones in that same time frame with a short run that was written way better. And to me, I just... I I think the main factor about this is because it didn't have a source material behind it as well. Yeah, yeah. That's why when I asked for the Boo Nerd, you were like, oh, they made the anime first. And I was like, oh, that might actually explain some of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And since Bandai is like the main producer... The main producer... It was probably a hard push. And it was a hard push towards the smaller companies that actually made the anime production. Yeah, they probably subcontracted it and said, this is the price we g- you gave us to do it. You guys are going to do it for that price. And hurry mm-hmm. up. Yeah, definitely. So for most people that uh, are interested to know what the anime is about, it is basically, uh, what was it about? Uh, I'm trying to remember the kid's name because they just Kai? Kept... No, K. K. The K. K. That's yeah, because yeah, I think I, I kept reading it like K, like OK. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
So Kei Kusanagi, um, I guess he had, apparently has like an illness that when he gets too depressed, he actually enters a state of a coma or... No, like frozen because he doesn't age. His body stops aging. His heart stops. Oh, yeah, that's right. I guess that's why they really actually call it standstill. Like, yeah, like suspended animation, basically. Uh, yeah, in a sense, yeah. Little bitch disease, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when he gets like really depressed and everything, or like have, have these like emotional breakdowns, that's when like it triggers him to have, go into like a state of a coma. Um, depending on the situation, it, go, it, it also depends on like how long he'll stay into that coma. Yep. Some of them will be a few minutes. Uh, in the story, they did mention that he w- did go into a state of animation, uh, standstill of suspended animation for about three years. So he did it from 15 years old and woke up when he was 18 years old. Yep, correct. And from what the uh, from the storyline it showed, it, what triggered it was basically his sister committed suicide. Yep. Um, after she did not want to feel pain in the world and the only way to feel, to no longer feel pain in the world of like sadness misery and everything was just basically stop life and what stop life commit suicide yep and it didn't really show why or what was causing her that pain right uh just pain of just seeing the world and pain and stuff and just around you and affecting it yourself yeah but it didn't show her like what personally got her you know what i mean yeah yeah she just kind of popped up for a second with no eyes and then jumped. <laughs> well, they were just more like ima- like dreams, honestly, uh, when Kay was like visualizing her. So it really wasn't yeah. much. I mean, I don't even think she was still important, honestly. That's kind of one of my one of my key tropes was that that episode had the meat in context for some good deep writing mm-hmm. to actually let you connect to the characters and feel something. But they just did it so half-assed to me that i it didn't really affect me at all you know do you think the placement of that scene would have been better if it was in the beginning of the enemy or just stay at the end where it beginning. was if they would have actually let because that's the kind of stuff that actually lets you connect characters and mm-hmm. connect to their story and empathize with them. and it was a late connection honestly it was a super late connection i had no empathy at that point i didn't <laughs> care about him no more <laughs> i was sick of him <laughs> And so, again, it follows uh, Kay. He's 18 years old, but he's, like, still, like, acting like he's 15 years old. He's pretending. He's trying to make up for lost time. Lost time as a... Because he said that... As a 10th grader, correct? I believe so. Something like that. I think, yeah. Like, he went back basically to high school because when he woke up and he tried to get with his friends, his friends just kind of, like, brushed him off. But he went to go live with his uncle, his foster parents, in a different remote area. Yes, but uh, before that, he did mention that he did try to go back and see his friends, but mm. his friends were already adults. They were already in college. They were already doing their thing, and they yeah. were obviously 18, whatever, is probably still you know immature enough to fuck with him, and they were making fun of him, and he felt bad and just took off. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like what hit the nail on the coffin for him, you know? Yeah, definitely. And so it follows him. He encounters, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is the part that actually pissed me off the most. But was it the 500 times he kept calling the no. supposed woman he loves no, it was teacher? The, the very <laughs> first episode. Uh, it was unexpected to me, and I have like this. Um, what's that? What's that word when like something ticks you off? Pet peeve when it comes to anime. When it when they mention aliens. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you remember hold on can we backtrack one second yeah so when he finds out that she's an alien because he freaks out that he saw something in her box but it was like censored oh yes what was it I, that's what that's what I still want to figure out. Honestly, what what was it? They they censored it. Like something fell out of her box when she was moving. He looked at it and freaked the fuck out, and somehow connected it to an alien. But it was censored. Why did they censor it? I don't know. It's Japan. Out of space dildos or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. But yeah, just just like when I'm like, for example, Darling in the Franks. It was doing such a good hype and everything, building up. But the moment they mentioned aliens, it just went downhill for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually kind of agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it just kind of like, well, let's just make this uh, sci-fi-ish. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Which, when I first, before I looked into it, I like looked at the genres. I was like, was like well, how does sci-fi come into play with this? I didn't read the plot. Oh, they did tag it as sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't read the plot because I wanted to go in with it like like open-minded and everything yeah i mean it probably could have been a better story if they would have left out the aliens had that little traumatic incident with his sister mm -hmm. earlier in the series then they probably could have had some opportunity for a lot better writing through Mm -hmm, it definitely but with like that like it 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 confused me it's like how is this sci-fi because i'm really interested to know why it's sci-fi and again i didn't read the plot so i can go into it without knowing but they just showed it right on the bat on the first episode when they show like a space UFO and everything. Aliens. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was a let down on that part, honestly. However, she was a total babe. Nah. <laughs> the old school animation. Sorry. <laughs> You've gotten spoiled. You know, 2002 isn't that old. And there was better looking anime. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that was that was even bad for 2002. I know. That's why I'm, I'm saying like when I, I was kind of like, I won't watch it again. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> so it follows behind a kid. He meets this alien uh, female. She is actually half earthling and she's half alien because her mother found an earthling uh, since they're all aliens. But I don't know what like aliens is just a term. It's not really... Uh, like a species name like human is nope so we don't know what like what she really is maybe like a far into the future human race that just the only indication that i remember is she mentioned something about having two different stomachs one for sweets one for regular food i completely forgot about that and then she mentioned something else about uh i took notes manny do my homework (laughs) boo nerd yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then she mentioned something else that without her technology that she had, she's basically just like a normal human. Yeah. So that doesn't really contextualize a whole different race much mm. other than the stomachs. Yeah, that is true. I, I completely forgot about the stomachs part because she was constantly always eating sweets. So she comes to Earth and she's like in charge of like supervising the Earth. She, he finds out that she's an alien but he didn't remember about her until she shows up as a teacher at the high school where he, she, where he Kay is at. And that's where she confronts him. And so it just follows the storyline like where he has to keep her identity as a secret. And she has to keep him as a secret because of his illness, which they want as a secret as well. And it gets to a complicated state where they have to hide their relationship as they're married. Because they got suspicion from the school's administration that they were locked up together. So it's a voice suspicion, and since he was already 18, he was at the legal age, so they married. And it just follows a, a 
like a romantic comedy romance storyline between them as they develop romance with each other throughout the series, basically. Yes. And I'd say a little bit less in the romance, and it kind of just seemed like they just fell in love. Like, there was not much building into the romance at all. It was, uh, yeah, it was more like a forced romance, but they accepted it, though. Well, that's what I mean. They It kind of happened, the mistakes happened, and then they just said, well, fuck it, I guess I love you. Yeah. They didn't really have any, that's what I mean as far as, like, development and writing. They didn't have anything that showed, oh... Look, he found out this about her. Oh, like they got closer because of this or anything. They just kind of like, oh, well, I guess I love you now. Yeah, and then we it shows more and more about like his development with the illness and his newfound romance uh, relationship with his new wife and everything, and still trying to like keep that uh, that uh, adolescence uh, stage of himself in high school and everything, and with finding out that another student that is his best friend that actually has the same illness as him. And that she is only trying to find happiness for her friends so that she doesn't get depressed. Side note, did they ever, because she supposedly was under that comatosis state mm-hmm. for six for, years. For six years, yes. They never mentioned why, right? They never mentioned why the illness. Well, no, no, why six years? Like, Because obviously something super traumatic must have happened to her for If I for remember, years, she right? came from a political or a well-off family. And it, and all yeah, and they just used their power to try to keep it secret or whatever. Yeah, but they but didn't really say why. Kids growing up in that type of setting, you know, they can be really depressed. True, true. So true, true. who knows how she like grew up and stuff in that type of environment that just made her super depressed? Maybe like I said, we don't know honestly. But she was just basically trying to like force happiness onto others so that she doesn't get de- depressed. And so when Kay is like contradicting that because he has his reasons, but he doesn't know about her, who her real identity is, it just like contradicts with each other and just collides, causing them both to have like standstills and everything. Yeah. And uh, in a conflict of interest at the very end between which romance route Kay should have. So putting spoilers aside, what about the anime did you like that puts you on the positive note? Because like if you were to give it one out of uh, one out of ten, you said you would give it a. I would give it a seven. A seven. And from what I've seen online, actually seven uh, seven out of ten is actually the average uh, okay. rating review. So I didn't uh, when I after my gave my rating for it, and when I did all of the research and everything, I was like, oh snap, okay, so I'm pretty much on the mark then. I enjoyed it, so I'm actually interested in checking out Onagai Twins to see how it is. Um, I did cringe a lot because, again, this is a 2000s, early 2000s anime. There was uncringy good romantic comedies in 2000s. <laughs> I know. I, I know. <laughs> but the cringe is like what made it enjoyable for me as well. Okay. So maybe that's a little bit more in a personal taste. The cringe is what threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> it was too much for me. I was like, no. And then in combination with subpar animation for its time. Mm-hmm. Very, very bad writing. I was just kind of like, no, I, I, I'd probably do more like a four. A four? Like a four. Out maybe five. a five. No, out of ten? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is out of ten. <laughs> four for four? This one was not a hidden gem to me. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a hidden gem either, but it was enjoyable in its own sense for me. I mean, I've hated, I've watched animes where I couldn't finish it. You know what I mean? I mean, there was. I so, finished this one. <laughs> I was watching this like okay, 
so it was actually kind of hard for me to actually watch this anime. I took a break from anime. Um, I was doing so much gaming. So it was actually since I finished the game that I've been so long putting off to finish. And it took me like hours and hours to complete it and everything. Um, so I trying to go back into anime now. And trying to just trying to watch this, it was kind of difficult for me because uh, I get those phases where like I'll do so much of one thing and then I get bored of it and I'll go on to and do something else and stuff. So I'm just trying to get back into anime. So the whole time I'm just watching this anime, I'm on Discord every night, just like with my buddies and stuff, watching it while talking to them and stuff. And they kept getting tired of me just like because every episode or like every scene is like, oh my god, they're gonna smash. They're gonna smash, and then it gets interrupted. It's like, damn it, they didn't smash. <laughs> you, know, what bothered me was the whole sensei thing. I mean, it was really his sensei, so he really couldn't. I mean, he could. Granted, Japan is all about honorifics. <laughs> they're when, very strict. But on But they're honorifics. supposed to be like married at that point. They were by themselves. Nobody was around. He got it used to weird. it. I guess I it don't was, know. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird, and it was bothering me. <laughs> There is one scene that I completely lost it though, where she's like sat on the beach sitting city alone before Kay teleports her. You see the girl being dragged across the beach by her dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like screaming in terror while the dog's like running. Do you remember um the scene where that one like creepy pedophile teacher would did his little hand powered flying machine? Oh yes. Did you notice okay, I'm not like an aerodynamics engineer that shit looked backwards was that flying backwards or was it just me uh no i don't know i've seen some planes like that where they actually have them look like that so the tail that normally you know change moves side to side to change your direction propeller in the front and wings curved towards your direction right Mm -hmm. um this was complete opposite the fin to direct was in the front propeller was in the back and the wings actually curved away from him <laughs> it was weird i mean it I looked know. backward like it I looked mean, like somebody drew a plane that a typical plane and just turned it backwards and that's the way they threw it off the bridge <laughs> who knows if it like will actually work ideally again this is like an anime that they just got maybe like a low budget and they just had to do it like that i draw planes <laughs> <laughs> that ah, uh, yeah i don't know there, there was there was there was quite a bit of scenes that I was just like, "What the heck are they doing?" <laughs> I think my most favorite character is is uh, Kay's uncle. Kay's uncle. How he's super jealous of Kay, all the women around Kay and everything. And his wife just like looking at him, like ready to backhand the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, but that's also kind of like the cliche older couple oh, from all animes. Too, older right? family couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think final verdict for me would be four out of ten. Four out of ten. Okay. Uh, again, seven out of ten for me. Seven out of ten. All right, but it was fun. It was. What's on deck, Manny? So for not this week, but for next week, we are going to be doing a review of Cross Ange or Ange. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that next part. Honestly. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> and you have well, have you seen or heard of it before? I have not. If oh my god, I mean. I remember we actually talked about it because I actually looked it up when we first talked about like the what we're going to put on our list for oh, okay. reviews and Maybe stuff. it's one of those that I've seen the thumbnail for but never watched. Ooh, I'm having a memory right now. Uh, if I'm correct, it's like a similar situation to Infinite Stratos, female, uh, females in like mechanized suits. 
Okay, so a mecha. Got yeah, it. Yeah, like, but like body mecha, not like full like mecha and everything. Okay. So this might be interesting. We'll have to see. I did see. I mean, when the first, I remember when this anime came out, uh, there was some hype about it in some parts of the community and stuff. So we'll have to see how it goes. Cool. I guess we'll get into that one. Uh, not this episode, but the next one. We're yes. gonna do alternatings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I guess that's it for the review. Be tuned in for the next one. Definitely. And uh, Manny. Yes. Car updates. What's going on, buddy? Uh, so I did change. Uh, so this is just mainly the Toyota pickup right now. Um, I did the master cylinder and the brake booster. Um, the cylinder was just blown, so it was just leaking brake fluid. So I changed that with the brand new one. Not remanufactured. I went straight brand new on this one. And I bought the only one that was available from Napa in the Southern, in California. <laughs> so it was kind of luck right there because I actually trust Napa a little bit more than other places. So I did enjoy that. Uh, new brakes. Um, I did in, finally install the Energy steering wheel hub. Nice, very nice. It was a quick release and the steering and the yeah steering wheel hub and and quick release, all from Soul Cal Accessories. I went to their shop uh, recently last week, picked up everything. Support counseled. your local businesses, awesome. Definitely. And it looks like I will be going back to them. Very cool. They have the headlights that I need. <laughs> because I just been told by my online order that they are in back order and that if I want to request a refund and cancellation order to respond, if not, just continue on back order. Wow. Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm glad you're supporting a local business. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. That's better. Definitely. That's awesome, dude. Okay. And that's pretty so much it. The Mustang gets no love now, huh? I mean the Mustang Fucking with you, Manny. <laughs> I know. I mean, the Mustang's just up and date on everything, dude. Like, there's not much for me to do right now. I mean, I'm trying to save up money, put money on the side for the Mustang so I can do stuff, uh, but it's just on the side as I'm building up because, again, stuff is not exp- uh, cheap for Mustang. No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I can get all these parts, especially for the Toyota pickup, really cheap and readily available. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I did order the AC compressor for the Toyota pickup, so... You bougie. Um, <laughs> AC is now in the works for my Toyota pickup. Cool. Because I drove that shit on Sunday, or yeah, Sunday, to get my alignment done with our buddy Sparky. And the drive was just so unbearable. <laughs> it was a good 40 minute drive, honestly, just in complete hot weather. Lovely. Yeah, so that's why he kept saying, don't talk about the heat, please. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, talking about the heat, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I was in the heat all weekend. So you were horny. Every, well, that's everything. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, so I did go to the uh, battle at the at the battle of the ranches. Oh yeah, that charity event you mentioned. Yes, sir. So I was there Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, I'm gonna start, you know, kind of putting together some of the videos and some of the pictures and dropping them here and there. Mm-hmm. It was great. I actually had a really great time. It was hot as hell. <laughs> they ended up pushing the start date back and ending a little bit later. Because of the heat? Because of the heat, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they it was originally um, 12 o'clock to like 7 and 12 to 5. And they ended up pushing it back to like 3 o'clock start to, uh, man, I think, well, the main event I think ended around like 8 or so. Uh, yeah, I was actually puzzled when I saw your Instagram stories and like, it was nighttime. I was like, it's like, what the hell? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about it, which was actually really awesome, is that a lot of people came from very far away. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's kind of out, you know, pretty far too. And there was people who camped there. Really? Yeah. So I stood there, I think, uh, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. No, it was Sunday night. I think I stood there till like 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, the event was long and over, but everybody who was uh, helping to organize the event and everything, yeah, they had a campfire going, they were cooking s'mores, freaking ribeyes, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was full, you know, cowboy uh, country fire, they had the guitar. <laughs> the ranch style. Yeah, it was actually really cool. Different from my ranch style. Different from your ranch style, yes. Yes. But it, it was actually really nice, you know, they were camping there all weekend, I went home every day, but you know they they had everything going. They had did the horse back ridings early in the morning sometimes because it was freaking hot. You know the horses yeah. can't be out there at 115 degrees. You know, mm-hmm. but I did find out a little bit more about you know the people organizing. My dad was one of the organizers, and I never really met the other people. You know, mm-hmm. so I actually got to meet everybody and found out that shoot, a lot of them didn't know each other. Really, <laughs> really, yeah, and they're all organizers. Yeah, so basically, they found out that this charity was in trouble, and they just started calling people they knew or knew of on Instagram or whatever and contacting them going, hey, let's do something to fix this. Let's do something to save this. Okay. And they all got together and did it. Uh, matter of fact, where we where the event was hosted was at North County Canine Training Facility. Um, the owner is Dustin Wynn. He is a veteran. He's did full like special forces stuff and he's like the guru in these dog training stuff. Yeah. And none of them have actually met Dustin in person until this event. Oh, nice. They contacted him, told him what they were doing, and just kind of asked, like, hey, could you show up? You know, he has this reputation behind him. We would really love for you to show up and and you know, maybe support a little bit, you know? Yeah. And he ends up going, Hey, just have it here. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, just invited people to his home and his training facility. Okay. Like, that's pretty incredible as far as, like, you know, humans actually doing well for each other, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was actually really cool to see everybody in that same mind state. Um, Project Warrior X was the main organizer. He's he's running the charity, right? Mm -hmm. He drove out from Missouri. Ooh. Yes. (laughs) Drove? He drove from Missouri to Southern California for this event. That's a mission. It is a mission. He was dedicated, and he sat there in 110, 115-degree weather, barbecuing every day. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he's used to that weather because it's humid over there. I don't know if it's as bad as, as it is right now, though. True. I don't know what their weather is right now, but yeah, he he's a trooper, man. He did it. <laughs> not bad, not bad. So it was actually a great weekend. Like I said, they had the horseback ridings. They had raffles going. They had some vendor booths. Um, I I was actually able to meet a vendor the week before that mm-hmm. that made his own dog toys. He's an ex uh, firefighter. Okay. And I told him about the event. He actually showed up. Oh, nice! Super cool guy. On top of that, they had you know like the dog demonstrations. They did uh, some of the bite work. Uh, highway patrol showed up and they did a demonstration like with them pulling over a truck and sicking the dogs on them. You know. Mm-hmm. Dustin had built a rappelling tower, so he actually hooked up harnesses to himself and the dog and rappelled down from the tower and sent the dog out to. They did uh, tracking. 
Mm-hmm. You know, somebody hiding in the bushes and the dog's tracking them to go get them. Yeah. Uh, explosives. So, like, they hit him and the dog went free by himself and just found the explosives on his own. Oh, nice. Yeah, they had some really cool stuff like that. They had the firing range going, which, you know, the property had its separate area you had to kind of um, get to to get to the firing range, but they had the full targets and going over there, too. So, Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was actually really fun. Everybody was really cool. Um, hopefully, they were able to fundraise enough. And if anybody did donate, shoot me a screenshot or something that you donated. I'll send you out a free sticker. <laughs> if you guys still feel like donating, I'll put the I'll plug in the information at the end. And you went off roading, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you had to get off road to get to his facility. Yeah, I noticed that because next thing you know, I started seeing the messages on our Instagram page. It was like when they were responding to your story of you off-roading, he's like, did you go to meet, uh, visit Manny? I was like, <laughs> so so when Tony goes off-roading, it's because he's going to my place? What the hell? Well, this is a little bit more off-roading than it is your place. I know, I know. But the fact that he actually mentioned that he, he thought he was going to, you were going to my place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the location was, uh, like I said, it was, it's his home and his, his training facility. He kind of does both there. And it's at a, honestly a really awesome location because he's about 10 minutes from the freeway a good 20 minutes from oceanside a good 20 25 minutes from temecula Mm. so he's not like super secluded out in the middle of nowhere you know yeah valley center correct uh paula paula no that's still valley center that's still valley center okay and i mean from from his house you can see one other house but there's no, like, it's so far away. <laughs> you couldn't, you'd probably have to throw a rock, I don't know, a hundred times to be able to hit it. Oh, shit. Throw a rock, go follow, chase it, throw it again. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's way out there. It's like the houses are lined up to be like the beacons in Lord of the Rings. The beacons are lit. The beacons are lit. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but yeah, I, get, I did have to do a little bit of off-roading to get there. So, no, the Type R did not come with me. <laughs> Um, I did take the back roads there from my house. Okay. And there are some fun canyon roads leading over there. Hey, nice. So maybe uh, you and me one day will just do a little mission out there and we'll have some fun. I'll see. If, uh, hey, that'd be interesting. Maybe take my dad in the 2500 that we got. To off-roading. the back roads? Oh, off-road. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the off-road wasn't bad. It was actually probably better, better paved than Grange. <laughs> uh, there's just you don't go- pave an off a dirt road well you know what i mean it's better level than grange <laughs> way better level than grange it's just that that first step coming off the main road the actual road to the dirt yeah that's where i feel the type r would just <laughs> <laughs> so i did take the truck and for the most part they have it graded pretty well okay but yeah as soon as i got on there i I got a little bit happy. <laughs> not bad, not bad. But yeah, it was it was really fun. I had a great time. Everybody was really awesome. Everything was for a good cause. My puppy Koro, I've been, you know, that's kind of like my side hobby now is the dog training, you know? Yeah. And uh, he kind of got his first bite. So he it's official. Come over to my house. He'll bite your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just does that for fun anyway. True, but this time it was aggressive. Ah, uh, okay. So, you know, um... Dave from Real Deal Dog Training was there, and they had some of their decoys from Real Deal there and did some agitation work. And on his second one, he they put on the sleeve and he latched on, so he's doing good. Not bad, not bad. 
it was kind of cool to see that. Hmm. I didn't think he had it in him. He's so he's such a nice dog most of the time. <laughs> yeah. What? What, Manny? I just remember that last time he just headbutted me. Is that a love? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had a good time. I'm probably hoping we do another one. Mm-hmm. If uh, if anything, I know that uh, Dustin mentioned he wants to do a grand opening because he has expanded his facility for his training grounds. Yeah. He does dog training and people training, I guess you call it. <laughs> he does firearm training. Ah, uh, okay. So he does advanced firearm training, basics, everything like that. I would be interested in that, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I'll I'll go. The next time I go, I'll take you with me. Orale. We'll go over there. He's really cool people, man. Nice. But from, w- from what we heard, he wants to do like a grand opening. Who knows potentially if we can do another one of these. I think it'd be great. We did kind of whip this one up last minute, so maybe in the future a little bit longer, get some better promotion, and then we can go. And better weather. Yes. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely some better weather, man. But uh, we did have some interesting people show up. It sucks because uh, I guess two of them I don't really know too well, but it's somebody who does like Fox News stuff and... Turning Point USA, Sarah Rodriguez, she was there in attendance. Does not ring a bell. All right. Um, Justin Walnick, I guess he's an actor. He plays a Navy SEAL on a CBS show. Does not ring a bell. All right. Well, he showed up and his dog was pretty badass, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And um, CJ Ramon was there. Who? A. Oh. Let's go. Oh. Ramones, no? Punk rock? No, I know what you're talking about. I just I don't pay attention to the names. Honestly. Okay, well he was there. He was there too. So it was like I did not expect any anybody like that to show up. <laughs> that is interesting, though. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Like I said, it overall was really good. I'm hoping maybe the next time we do, we can get a be- a better turnout. Yeah, but it was for a great cause. Everybody was cool people. I got to train my dog a bunch and learn some th- new things and. At the end, it was really good socialization for him because there's so many other dogs and people there. Yeah. So it was cool. I enjoyed it. Nice, nice. That was real nice. But uh, yeah, if uh, anybody is interested, I did find out more about the charity now that I met uh, Mike Winslow. He's the man behind Project Warrior X. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently, a lot of his stuff that he does is also care packages to veterans. Yeah. So he makes sure he can get them packages out there while um, while they're serving and deployed. Uh, he does do anything like when they come back, if they have any kind of PTSD therapies, things like that. He tries to make sure they get help that they need as well. Nice. So it's all really good stuff, and he's a super awesome guy. Uh, like I said, if anybody did donate or is looking to donate, he is 501c3, tax-deductible charity. And his PayPal is Mike Winslow at projectwarriorx.org. Anybody sends anything in? Shoot me a screenshot and DM or something, and I will send you out some free stickers. But with that, Manny, that's our episode. Let's wrap it up. Tell them where they can find us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at UnacceptedPod. And we do have a website, UnacceptedPod.com, where you can check out our merch. All right. And be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a review anywhere you're listening to your podcasts. And if you want to send an unaccepted rev, have a question, send a death threat, anything at all, go ahead and you can email us at unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Sounding off.